0: Everybody, this is Pookie Stoop. This is podcast number 3, and today I'll be discussing the fear of the Lord. So let's pray. Father, thank you for everyone who's listening to this. There's a reason that they clicked on the link, the fear of the Lord. And you have something special prepared, and I just pray that you'll bring it forth today and that we will have ears to hear, eyes that see, and that you will give us hearts that can understand. In Yeshua's name, amen. Jesus' name. So when I was in high school, I had a dream. And there was a huge tent, like those tent meetings from way back before, where the 1800s preachers would bust out a giant tent, and then everybody would come and sit. But there was a stage in the dream as well that um, no one was standing on but it was a huge concrete stage and this tent was enormous you could probably fit 20,000 people in this tent and i looked up because i was way in the back of the tent like where the and there was just miles and miles of empty folding chairs and up there on the concrete stage were volumes of books and each each volume had like six or seven books in it I think there were seven and they were bright blue books. They were like cobalt blue. And the books were lined up in a box set, like where half of the box is cut on a diagonal so that you can read the titles of the books without pulling them out of the set. Each set was identical and they were all free. The whole, the, they were all lined up side by side on the stage so that you could walk up reach up and grab a set of six books and they were free to anyone who wanted they were free um and i was all the way in the back of the tent but when i looked up on the to the stage i could read from where i was standing the fear of the low <laughs> like the rd had been cut off cuz you could you know you could only read half of the titles and it said the fear of the low And I knew, oh man, that's the fear of the Lord. And I took off running in a sprint and I grabbed a hold of that box set with extreme joy and I woke up. So the couple things that the Spirit of God started to reveal to me was that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So it's just the first book. There's a whole box set. There's a tremendous amount of information and wisdom when you obtain that one book it comes with so much more and the books were blue and so as I did a little research into colors and what associations colors formed in scriptures blues always grace salvation heaven um, the spiritual realm it's unseen realm and it has to do with salvation and I can totally see that. Um, when you obtain the fear of the Lord, it's the beginning of wisdom. The wisdom that God begins to grant to you is what he reveals is spiritual and unseen. And not something that you can get on your own by studying with your brain. So when this, when talking about the fear of the Lord, it kind of ties into the verses in Um, the new testament we have the mind of yeshua we have the mind of christ that we've been given the mind of christ and like god said no man can understand the things of the spirit unless the spirit of god reveals them so with natural things it's very easy to understand because we have a natural brain so we can walk up and we can look at it pick it up you know our five senses and we can get an understanding of what this is. But when it comes to things that are spiritual and of course God is a spirit. We are not able to obtain that information and knowledge with our natural mind. And this is why the scripture is the written word of God. But it is life and it is spirit. It is not a, a natural book. It is a supernatural book. And there have been so many people who have gone to the scriptures and tried to use their natural minds to comprehend the truths that are found in it. And they come up wanting. Or they come up confused. They come up arguing. Um, But the scripture says "A fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I will say that all wisdom comes from God. And it has to be supernaturally revealed by God. And it has to be prayed for. So it's not something you can say, well, today I'm going to know the Lord. (laughs) It's more like today I'm going to pray and ask God, please reveal yourself to me. Because even uh, Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me. And I am the way and I am the truth. And so we it's simply not our decision to make. It's God's will to reveal. And he said, you have not because you ask not. And then when you do ask, you ask for the wrong reason. So you still don't have. So the pure in heart, see God. And that's a good prayer to partner up with. You know, reveal yourself to me is also, you know, purify my heart so that my motives are right in asking. And then, you know, God will begin to reveal to you his word, his truth, his light. So back to the fear of the Lord. Um, The fear of the Lord is simply this. The spiritual ability of the heart to see God in the beautiful attributes of his character and value him. That is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the ability of the heart to value God as the beautiful attributes of God are revealed to him. So... The results of the fear of the Lord are vast. You will trust God. If you're having a problem today, if you're a Christian, you're born again, and you're having difficulty trusting God, you're not seeing Him as He is. There is no way to have the Holy Spirit reveal to you how good and glorious and overwhelmingly wonderful the Father is and not trust Him. It's a natural outburst of the heart when it comes in contact with the knowledge of God. So this should encourage you. Instead of trying to trust God and, you know, constantly feeling like you're not, pray and ask God, reveal yourself to me. Show me who you are. Let me see you. Because when you see him as he is, you'll automatically trust him. That's just going to come as an instant result. Um, the other things that the fear of the Lord brings is direct obedience. So if you're having trouble obeying God, usually it's a lack of trust, which is a lack of fear of the Lord. (laughs) So it's a ricochet effect. Living the Christian life should be as easy as breathing. And if it is not, then you're not seeing God. So seek the Lord that he may be found. Call upon his name while he is near. And earnestly pursue the knowledge and fear of the Lord. So that is a great that is a great starting place. Um, now, going back to the fear of the Lord and how it causes our hearts to trust, which causes us to obey. Um, God gave us the example, the story of Abraham in the in the Torah or in the Word. The first time that a particular phrase or word is used. Becomes the foundational context for that word. So this is something that a lot of Christians don't know. But a lot of Jews do. And I've really come to find this to be the truth. Um, as I start reading Genesis one and going forward. The first mention of a word carries the context of that word. And then you can see it all through the scripture. It can fit into a context. So the first time that we hear... The fear of the Lord is when Abraham was asked to sacrifice Isaac and he trusted God. He was obedient to God. And when he was about to take the life of his son, the Lord said, hold hold your hand. Now I know that you fear me. Fear has also been translated as worship. Now I know that you worship me. Well, you know, we always say, well, worship is falling down at the feet of God and paying homage or paying reverence to his character. You know, we say things like, we worship you because you're so beautiful, you know, and isn't that what society does? I mean, they, they, they want to find something to worship. It's in the human heart to worship. We we're looking in our soul for something worthwhile. And then we start paying homage to stuff that doesn't really matter. But it's because that's the way we're designed. We were created for worship. So when we come in contact with something that we think, well, this is worthwhile. Let's make this worthwhile. Then we pay homage, like meeting a basketball player. <laughs> you know, we meet Michael Jordan and we're like, hail to the God of basketball. And we instantly want to give accolades and we want to praise. And we, we, you know, we want to make his ability to play basketball something to honor, something to value. And in reality, um, what value does it really have <laughs> playing basketball? <laughs> not a whole lot. I mean, it's not a whole lot, but we have made it a lot because there are very few people that can play on the level that he can play. So our hearts that are created for worship, you know, created to show respect or honor to something, we look for something to honor. Well, I will position to you that there is no one like God. He is above all things, beyond all things, greater than all things. And he was before the world was made, and he's the enduring one. And he has said of himself, there's no God beside me. There's nobody that can stand equal to God. And so when you come in contact with God, every fiber of your being that's created for worship, will fall down in absolute worship. And you'll be completely satisfied that I have finally found the thing that is worth worthwhile. It is you. You are the thing worthy of value. The pearl of great price. It says, a man was walking and he found a pearl and he knew he couldn't afford it. So he buried it in a field and then he bought the field. <laughs> How smart was this man to do this? <laughs> I'm going to bury this you know, million-dollar pearl in the ground, pay 200 bucks for this field, and then I'm going to own this pearl. Well, in a sense, this is the same thing that we are with God. He is the pearl of great price. He is completely unaffordable. There is nothing that we can do to earn Him. He is beyond us. But through Yeshua's death, we can receive Him as a free gift. We're gifted the field, and with it comes God. We're gifted the covenant, and with the covenant comes the Father. It is amazing to me, the overwhelming gift that God has given to us. And the ability for mankind to worship God is an honor, and it is the greatest honor of mankind. You know, if I got to meet Michael Jordan in person, you know, and I told popular culture, yeah, I met I met Jordan, they'd be like, wow, what an honor. But it's not really that great of an honor. Because Jordan doesn't have any personal love for me. He hasn't invested anything in my life. In fact, by buying basketball tickets, we've all made him a millionaire. We've made him what he is. So when it comes to God, God has made us everything we are. And being able to worship him is the greatest honor We do not deserve, but he gives it to us freely. He says, you can come and you can actually worship me. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable that we can worship God. So the fear of the Lord is seeing God in his perfection, in his character, in his holiness, in his goodness, his mercy, his compassion, his ability to forgive, his justice, his righteousness, his power. It's being able to, to see all that he is. And when you see that and it causes instant worship, if you value him, if you value him, then you've chosen to fear the Lord. And now you will trust him and you will obey him because you've seen him. So there is a there is a ricochet or a domino effect to this. And it all starts with prayer and seeking God. And it's free. The fear of the Lord is free. So, oftentimes people go, well, why is it that it seems like God has hidden himself and there are very few that find him? Like Yeshua said, narrow is the path that leads to life. Broad is the path that leads to destruction. It goes back to the motive of the heart. It goes back to the motive of the heart. There's something in mankind that knows if I come in contact with God, it's going to change everything. You know? And if if I come in contact with God, I'm going to have to acknowledge that I'm not God. And the sinful nature that's in man does not want to have any other God. It wants to be its own God. So there's there's a dichotomy. The whole creation of man is completely unfulfilled by the lack of God. Because we were created for him. So if we don't have him, we have nothing. So we have to invent all this other things in in life, a reality, a false reality. And Ecclesiastes says, a vanity of vanities. We have to come up with a false reality just to to give us a sense of, of reality. Since we were created for God and we're denying ourselves God. But the pure in heart, they do see God. The pure in heart are not afraid of the truth. They want to know God. And if they're not God, they're okay with that. They want to live in reality. And they're able to embrace him as he is. And I see so so many false doctrines coming forth in our era, you know, in this century. Where it's like this is a evil people want to pervert the word to say what their own itching ears want to hear. They want to paint God in the image that they would like to see him in. And that's usually a God that condones sin, that says it's okay for you to stay in the darkness that you're in. But that won't work. God cannot be anything more or less than what he is. And those that come to him must come to him in truth and as a little child. And it's interesting, there's something about children. They fear their parents at the core of their being. They understand that they need help. They understand that they can't be alone. You know, you walk out of the room and they start crying. There's a separation anxiety there. And in the natural realm, you mature into an adult by becoming more and more and more independent and having less and less fear of your, of other people. It's like when you're a child, mommy's everything. Daddy's everything. And then when you're an adult, you're like, I have my own life. And I have to take care of myself. I have to be independent. But in the spirit, it's the exact opposite. We come to God spiritually going, I don't need you. (laughs) I'm independent. And the Lord reveals, no, you're naked, poor, blind, and wretched. And then we go, yes, I am. (laughs) And then we cry out to God and he causes us to become more and more and more dependent on Him until we have intense separation anxiety. And it's beautiful. And there's a maturity there when we finally realize that we were not created to live independent of God. We were created for God and to be intimate with Him always. And if He does not help us, if He does not supply us with life, if He does not avail Himself to us, we perish we absolutely perish. So fearing the Lord is also understanding that. It's understanding that. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. So I look at a tree. You know, you've got the stalk coming up out of the ground. And then you've got the branches that branch off of the stalk. And it's the same thing in the menorah. You've got the shamash in the middle where the oil flows from. And all of the other candles attached to the base and they get their light from the base so if you cut off a limb of a tree it withers and dies because it's getting its nourishment from the stalk and if you cut off one of the candles of the menorah it has no light because it's getting its source of oil and heat from the shamash. so with yeshua it is the same way he is the vine and we're the branches and if we separate ourselves from god we'll die And then Yeshua says, those branches that choose to do that are gathered up and they're burned in the fire. Well, this is a picture of judgment. Why is there a judgment? Because God is the only source of life and we've rejected him. So all that is left for us is death. The fear of the Lord causes you to obey him. When the father gives you a revelation of his will, he says, this is what I want you doing. We immediately know Oh, this is the good way. This is the ancient path that I may walk in it and find life. If the Father says, do this thing, and we say, no, I'm not going to do this thing. We're instantly going to reap death and evil because all good gifts come down from the Father. He is the good way. He is the goodness, and there is no goodness apart from God. And Jesus said that also. He said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. He was testing this man. Do you really know who I am? So if we don't really know who God is, we cannot trust him nor obey him. But when the spirit of God opens our eyes and we see God as he is, we instantly trust and we instantly obey. Because we realize there's nothing good apart from God and there is no life apart from God. And I want to live and have good things. So obedience um, comes from faith. And that's why the scripture says faith without works is dead. Well, yeah, if we're not walking in the will of God, we're going to die. That's just the fruit. And this, this isn't a punishment from God. It's our rejection of him that condemns ourselves, And that's why Yeshua said, judge yourself that you won't be condemned. So we can pray and we can say, reveal yourself to me, that I may see you as you are and be changed by that understanding so that I can trust and obey you and live and have a good life and it can go well with me. And a lot of times, too, I think um, we heap shame on ourself when we fail to live the life that we know we're supposed to be living. And it's impossible to live that life. "'without revelation of the truth. "'So there's no sense in beating a dead horse. "'Turn around and get on your knees and pray earnestly. "'Remove the deception from my life. "'I'm not seeing you clearly. "'Please open the eyes of the blind. "'And then you'll quit stumbling. "'Cause a man who has two good eyes "'doesn't fall in the ditch. "'But a man whose eyes are blinded out "'runs into everything.' And gets hurt. And you cannot blame a blind man for falling in a ditch. You can only pray that his eyes will be open. So a lot of times I also see where the fear of the Lord is missing in the body of Christ. There's, they start to judge one another or look down on each other for the lack of obedience to the word. But all we we are called to do is to love and pray and speak the truth. And if we do that, then the Lord has a way of connecting everyone to himself. So the candles, like a full lit candle in the whole world, can see the light of the Lord. Um, there's just a few other things to share regarding the fear of the Lord. I had one other, um, like a little imagination from the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God gives us our, our minds. So he's created us with the ability to see in pictures. I mean, when someone says sweater, you don't. You don't see the, a typewriter typing out the word sweater. You picture a sweater, you know, or you feel the warmth of it. So that's the the way our mind works, of course, is by imagination. So the Spirit of God will use that imagination that he gave us to, to reveal things to us. And I had a, a little vision where it was a two-part vision. In the first part, there was a young man sitting down at a desk, and he was studying algebra. And he had been studying for hours, and he had been using his mind, and he was very tired. Because when you're trying to understand in the natural, it requires natural energy, and it's zapping. And any of you who have a master's degree will know this, (laughs) or bachelor's, or associate, or God forbid, a doctorate. Your brain can be so fried out by the amount of schoolwork that they're requiring of you. And that's how the natural is. The more that you engage in the natural, the more exhausted you become, but the more you learn. So he had been sitting at the desk for hours, and the more and more he read through his algebra textbook and the more problems that he solved, the more he understood, but the more tired he became. So that was the first part. That was the natural part. In the second part, there was a little girl. I'm going to say five years old. And she was standing there with her father, with her dad. And he had a gift for her. And it was in a cardboard box that had a big pink bow tied around it. And he, he said, come over here, honey, I want to show you something. And he pulled the strings of the bow. And he flipped the lid off of the box. And a butterfly flew out. And she went, wow, wow. Had never seen a butterfly before. Wow! And I woke up. That was the end of the vision. So the father said to me, which one is energizing? And I said, time with you is energizing. Time with the world is exhausting. And he said, and which one was interact, interactive? And I said, well, the butterfly was alive. And he said, yes, I show my people living things. And which one left a lasting impression? I mean, can I even recall one algebra problem I solved? If I haven't solved an algebra problem recently, then I can't recall any of it. But that little girl's gonna remember that butterfly the rest of her life. And which one uh, did she cause and which one did he cause? The information that the natural gave to that young man, he went out and got on his own. But the information that came from the Father was free. And it took no energy. It was effortless. So, I would position and say to you today, pray that the Father bring revelation. Because it will be a gift that He bestows on you that will leave a lasting impression for the rest of your life that requires no energy from you except to just be with the Father. And set aside racking your brain. To try to understand difficult passages of Scripture without the Spirit, read it and put it in your heart. And if the understanding doesn't come instantly, trust it to the Lord to show you what it means later. There are some passages of Scripture that I have read and asked 10 years ago. That one is really confusing. You know, I'd love to know what that means if you want me to know what that means. And I've just Put a pen in it. And it took God 10 years to show me what that meant. But he did. He's faithful. And anything he wants you to know, he'll show you when your heart is seeking. So, may your heart thirst and hunger for God today. May your prayers be fervent to interact and, and experience him. May you cling to the Bible and read it so that he has some information to work with. And may you trust that the revelation is going to come directly from Him. In Yeshua's name I pray, Father, that you will stir up a passion in your people for you. And that you will give us hearts that fear you, hearts that see you, and trust and obey you, so that we can live and have good things. In Jesus' name, Amen.